Now, I would be willing to bet that if I were standing out on the street and just accosting people as they were walking down the street and saying to them, excuse me, can you, can you give me any Bible verse from any psalm? Can you quote a psalm to me? I would be willing to bet that more than half, if not the majority of the people, would go immediately to the 23rd Psalm, because that's, what, that's the one everybody knows. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. And today we hear that because today is the feast of Jesus Christ, King of the universe. That's pretty much a big deal. He is the King of all things. But sometimes I wonder if we as, as Christians, and especially if we as Catholics, really truly understand and appreciate what that means for each and every one of us. Because what it means for each and every one of us is that we have ultimately one Lord, one ruler. Our citizenship is not the United States of America or Europe or you know, Latin America or wherever you want it to be or wherever you may think it is, our citizenship is supposed to be in heaven. We're supposed to be subject to the king. And every day as we live our lives, we're supposed to live our lives of, as subjects of that great king, trusting in the promises that he has made, the promise that he makes through David the psalmist when he says, the Lord is my shepherd and there is nothing I shall want. The Lord will provide if I trust and believe in him. And as I was thinking about this and I was pondering all of this, actually an image came into my mind of, of one of my favorite movies. Actually, it's probably my favorite movie, The Princess Bride. I don't know if you've ever seen The Princess Bride, but if you haven't, what planet have you been on for the last 40 years? But near the climax of the film, after Buttercup has gone through this sort of pseudo-religious wedding, she's on her way back, being escorted back to her room by the doddering old semi-senile king. And she turns and she kisses him on the cheek. And he looks at her and he says, what was that for? And her response is, because you have always been so kind to me. And I won't be seeing you again since I'm killing myself once we reach the honeymoon suite. And his response is, won't that be nice? She kissed me. He's so distracted by the kiss that he's not paying attention to what's going on. And the doom that is right before his face, he ignores. And we tend to pass this off as, well, he's a doddering, senile old man. But, you know, we, we are living in a society that is rapidly falling apart. It is becoming more and more fractured. As our ruling elites decide that they are more important than you and me and the king of the universe. As more and more they look down their noses at us and declare that we are deplorable, that we bitterly cling to our religion, that 10 to 15% of us are just not good people, 
or that 47% of us would never vote for them no matter what we did, they did. It is contempt for each and every one of us. And they, they wave shiny keys in front of us and promises of free stuff and say, just do what we ask and ignore your faith. You're free to worship, but keep your faith out of the public square. It doesn't belong there. You don't have any real right to stand up for what you believe in. And we will destroy anyone who disagrees. Just in the last two weeks, a prominent congresswoman, whose prominence way exceeds her importance, I believe, since she hasn't even finished her first term as a congresswoman, declared that anyone who supported one of the candidates should be essentially removed from society. An anchor on one of the major news networks declared that these people should be made to pay for what they did. They will destroy us. Oh, not with the lions. They're not going to cut our heads off or martyr us the way is happening in other parts of the world. No, it's ostracization and it's removal from polite society. Because we have the audacity to believe that only one king has the right to make certain laws. Only one king has the right to define the dignity of the human person. Only one king has the right to, to write the laws of life and death the laws of marriage and family. And when we say that, we are no longer welcome because society has passed us by. It has matured beyond bitter clinging to religion. And it has come to understand that, that man and the state are what matter. almost 150 years, starting with Pope Pius IX, Leo XIII, Pius X, Benedict XV, Pius XI, Pius XII, John XXIII, Paul VI, John Paul II, and Benedict XVI have all condemned leftist, socialist governments as being inconsistent with the kingdom of heaven. And when Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats, he doesn't say, I was hungry and you passed laws that required people to feed me. I was thirsty and you passed laws that required people to give me drink. I was hungry and you fed me because you chose to do so. Because as citizens of the heavenly kingdom and as subjects of the most high God, you put him before everything else. Our freedom to live as citizens of the kingdom is in grave, grave jeopardy. In 1993, the United States Congress passed nearly unanimously the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. In 2017, no, 15, 
when the state of Indiana passed almost the exact same bill. Companies decided to pull their businesses. People started to protest. And they vilified everyone who thought that religious freedom deserved to be protected in the United States. Now, they're not going to throw us to the lions. They're going to make it impossible for us to work. They're going to make it impossible for us to find housing. They're going to marginalize us. And then they're going to ignore us. Because you cannot be a true subject of a overriding authoritarian state and of Jesus Christ, the loving and caring King. And the days are coming when we're going to have to make the choice. And we have to be ready to stand up and fight. Because, as T.S. Eliot said in his poem, The Nowhere Men, this is how the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. <laughs>